Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In, the podcast where we talk about what's going on in our brains instead of what's happening outside. We're your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week's episode, Holiday Traditions. Hi, Megan. Hey, Steffi. How's it going? It's going. (laughs) How are things going for you? They are going. It is, um, we've had some chilly weather lately. So as I sit here, I am the epitome of fashion in my floral PJ leggings. And I have tall, red, bright red socks that have sushi on them pulled up like over my leggings. And I have a big oversized sweater on. I am like the sexiest person I've ever seen right now. Move over, ladies. This is this is winter. You have some competition. In Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> my husband is a lucky man. <laughs> oh yeah. It's actually kind of chilly here too, actually, for for Texas at least. It's for Texas. You're yeah. you've got like a hint of what Midwestern falls can be. Yeah, it's like 60 maybe. I don't think it even got to 60 today, actually. Um, It's been raining all day, so. I feel like all the native Texans have probably been running around in their parkas, practically. Well, my child wore shorts to school, but. (laughs) Which one? Um, Actually, both of them did. (laughs) But only one of them and only one of them admitted to being cold at the end of the day. So which was probably the younger one. Yes. 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 The sensible one. (laughs) The sensible, the sensible six year old, the 12 year old's not going to admit to having made a wrong choice. That's not going to happen. (laughs) Absolutely not. Oh, man. Well, last week we talked about food and we sort of started to dip our toes into holiday themed things. So this week we wanted to keep the holiday cheer alive and talk a little bit about holiday traditions because Thanksgiving is going to be later this week and we know that there are a lot of traditions that people are going to be partaking in in the next few weeks. So why not chat about it? Yeah, I feel like I should have like lit a candle and brought some jingle balls or something. Get me in the mood. <laughs> Put on a little like ugly Christmas sweater action going on. You know, I do not have an ugly Christmas sweater. I don't either. I'll be totally honest with you. And I, I again, I live in the tundra, so you would think I would, but you really have no excuse. I have no excuse. Last year. Uh, my 30th birthday, which um, is actually on Thanksgiving this year, but is always, you know, in that um, in that time of, of, you know, Thanksgiving, right before Christmas, my girlfriends and I, a bunch of our friends, we went out to dinner and then a couple girlfriends and I went to a couple bars afterwards and we live in a college town. And so it was the perfect time to people watch all of the college students on their bar crawls as we were out for my birthday. And there was, well, there was an ag frat that was out on wearing all their, um, their camo and their boots and their other farming uh, clothing, farming and hunting clothing. Uh, and then we had the sorority girls who were all out in their ugly Christmas sweaters. 
Oh, I have never. So I went to school, obviously, in Minnesota, and uh, I I don't think we had any hunting-themed bar crawls. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I saw that we saw them walk in, and I was like, I will bet you a lot of money that's the agriculture flat agriculture frat and then they turned around and they all had their like camo t-shirts and sure enough it was the ag frat (laughs) i mean if you're gonna go out that night after hunting you might as well not bother changing your clothes you know right you know just wear your camo it's all out you know whatever everybody already matches it's great it's a real thing (laughs) and it was just a very funny like juxtaposition between them and then the girls that were wearing their like ugly Christmas sweaters but you know they're never like totally ugly because they also have to be cute and then they had on their like little short skirts and their tall boots and they were all like cutesied up for their bar crawl and their ugly Christmas sweaters so it was it's a very central Illinois is excellent excellent for people watching at the bars I do not miss college (laughs) no no me neither nope (laughs) (laughs) I, every once in a while, I have to go out where the students are to remind myself of why I don't do that. There's a, there is a bar that a lot of the, um, the restaurant, our restaurant friends go to um, after service on Saturday nights, and it's sort of hidden away. The college students don't really know about it, so it's sort of like the local bar. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of not a lot of uh, gownies. It's mostly townies. It's excellent. You can hide from all the college kids. So obviously, we do not partake in holiday bar crawls, but we have our own things that we do. We do. Uh, so my family, at least for Thanksgiving, we do not travel, which means we have a nice small Thanksgiving. And I think you kind of have the same boat. We do. When Growing up, we always traveled for both Thanksgiving and Christmas. We traveled to Indiana. Um, but now that my husband and I live in the area where we grew up and both sets of parents are in the area and he has his brothers are in the area, um, we don't have to travel for holidays, which like side note is a total game changer. I didn't realize what a game changer that was until I didn't have to travel for the holidays anymore. It's pretty awesome. It's amazing. Like not having to go anywhere and not having to get back home afterwards (laughs) is really the biggest thing. It's not so much the like, because when you're going, when you're traveling for the holidays, going to your destination is always fun because you have the anticipation of seeing your family and the big meals and all the fun that you're going to have. And then the way home is awful because you've got this holiday hangover. Much like a lot of the uh, events that we end up going to. Exactly. Like afterwards, you're like, now I'm going home. Have to go take down my Christmas decorations. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't travel anymore. But for Thanksgiving, 
we actually don't really do much with our families. Our families kind of go off and everybody does their own thing. But we have a lot of our friends over for Thanksgiving. Um, We've got a lot of friends who um, either their families do something like early in the day. And so in the evening, they don't have anything or maybe they aren't close to their families or they can't get home for whatever reason. And so we welcome all of them into our home and we host and we do a dinner at like seven o'clock. So people who've done like lunchtime stuff can come and we all just drink a lot of wine. We don't make turkey, we make beef tenderloin. Uh, We still do some of the traditional sides, but we do beef tenderloin and drink an embarrassing number of bottles of wine and just have a good time with our friends. I am all for that. I also especially really like having Thanksgiving dinner at dinner time. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people love to have it midday, but frankly, that confuses me. I just feel like you have to get up so early to make that happen. And Megan, you know, I don't like mornings. No, mornings are dumb. Mornings are dumb. I want to sleep in. Especially on Thanksgiving where like you already have. So aside, if you're at your your own house, if you're hosting Thanksgiving, you not only have to make all the food, but you have to make sure your house is clean. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure that you are presentable. Yeah, there's a lot of things to do. There's a lot of things to worry about. You have to you have to make sure your dishes are all clean. The table is set. Just a lot of stuff. Um, But also... Then if you're spending the entire time prepping for like a one o'clock meal, you miss all the stuff that happens in the morning, which is my favorite part of Thanksgiving, aside from the actual food, is sitting down and watching the super stupid, super cheesy Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yes. And then watching the dog show. Yes. I grew up getting up on Thanksgiving morning and my grandmother loves the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and we always stayed at her house for Thanksgiving and she would have it on and we would snuggle up on the couch and then my mom would make us uh, usually make us a nice breakfast and we would just loaf around all morning and it's the best yeah I like to make uh like I'm like cinnamon rolls for Thanksgiving morning Mm -hmm. or I'll do sometimes I'll do cinnamon rolls and then I'll also do like lunch will be um you know like a midwest charcuterie plate like (laughs) summer sausage and ritz crackers and like two kinds of cheeses yes um it's just the best i it's so funny though because my kids like they don't really understand the macy's day parade i think it's totally a generational thing now i think it must be and i'll be honest i think it's only gotten weirder oh i mean well I, I can't decide if it's gotten weirder or just that we are older now and had noticed how weird it is. That, <laughs> because it could uh, be either one. It could be either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there it is definitely, it, it is definitely, I think, a generational phenomenon because the whole the stopping the floats and then they are doing, their, they're singing and they're dancing in the middle of the thing and then they keep going, like... There are a lot of parts of it that you're like, this is the cheesiest thing I've ever watched. But I, it's not really Thanksgiving until you've watched at least 30 minutes of the parade. Yeah. I mean, they'll have 
I don't know, whoever the like latest pop star is on like uh-huh. the, I don't know, the Entenmann's cookie float. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, this makes sense to me, of course. Yes. And they're always like lip syncing, but really badly. <laughs> yeah. Never so makes terrible. any sense. It's so terrible. Then you I always have, you always have the Rockettes. Like there's just... Oh, it's so terrible. Santa ending the thing, all the big all the big balloons. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a favorite for me as well. My my husband and his brothers and dad go hunting usually on Thanksgiving morning. They go they hunt pheasant and quail. So a lot of times he's gone by the time I wake up on Thanksgiving morning now. Um but I'll just sort of stay snuggled in bed and make a cup of tea and watch my cheesy parade and hole up with the dogs for a few hours. It's great. Yeah. My kids abandoned me. They'll, they'll watch rude. It, they'll watch it for a little while and they'll be like, eh, this parade's like four hours long. I'm done. I, I mean, it is really long. It is but... really long. <laughs> and the dog show is very important afterwards. Yeah. So... What kinds of foods, you said you don't have turkey, which I also, I would love to have tenderloin instead of turkey, but (laughs) my husband really loves turkey and it's like the one time of year we have turkey. So I let him have turkey. (laughs) You're very nice. Um, But I am all about the sides. Well, that's what it's really about. Exactly. We are also all about the sides. My husband grew up his mom always made homemade noodles like okay Megan when I say homemade noodles do you know what I mean you mean spatzel right sort of yeah so because uh, everyone I always think of them as sort of like an Amish style noodle I guess uh-huh um a lot of people are like homemade noodles what does that mean so it's basically like a homemade it's it's a homemade egg noodle because it has eggs in the batter um you roll them real thin cut them out let them dry and then you cook them up in your chicken stock and you you've dusted them with flour as they've been drying and so as you're cooking them in the chicken stock the flour is also thickening the chicken stock and so you get this super thick like gravy with your homemade noodles um it they're amazing yeah, that sounds like Spatzel, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's what he, that was always his thing. And so that, when we started dating, that was his, it's not Thanksgiving unless we have noodles. <laughs> so that is one of the sides that we always have because it's not Thanksgiving unless we have noodles. That's awesome. That sounds so comforting. They are so comforting. Sounds delicious. And they're, still, and they're really good leftover with a little bit maybe of corn casserole, maybe a little mm. bit of the leftover tenderloin. Just so good. I love it. We, when I was growing up, we had like basically all the, you know, the hits, I suppose. Uh-huh. Um, I think I mentioned this in the pumpkin episode where we were talking about sweet potatoes. Yes. And my parents would always make like the canned, oh, I guess yams, uh-huh. canned yams. With, like, a shitload of marshmallows on top. Oh, my God. Brown sugar and marshmallows. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would never eat it. But um, we like to do, like, roasted sweet potatoes at mm-hmm. my house now. That's just us. And then, but I like to do, I like to do so many sides that it, I kind of have to, like. It's hard to choose. 
Well, I, I'm kind of obnoxious about it because I'm like, okay, I'm going to make um, Brussels sprouts, but I'll make just enough Brussels sprouts for the two of us so that I can also still make like green beans yes. and I can also <laughs> still make stuffing and also make mashed potatoes. And yes, yes. <laughs> because like the kids want mashed potatoes and then they all, everyone likes stuffing, but then they also need to eat something green. And so yes. Like, <laughs> I We always ran into when I was growing up, my... So my mom and my Aunt Julie were um, really the ones that handled a lot of the actual cooking and menu planning. Um, My grandmother does not really enjoy cooking. So she might like be like, okay, here are some things that we should have, but they would handle most of it. And Aunt Julie would always be like, she always, always makes enough food for an army. It does not matter how many people are actually going to be there. There's enough food for 3000 people. And she'll, but she'll be like, well, I can't not make such and such because it's Steffi's favorite. And I can't not make such and such because it's Alex's favorite. And, and like, so everybody has a favorite and everybody has to have their favorite made according to Aunt Julie. And my, um, my step-grandmother was the same way with Christmas. She would make so much food, and it's because, well, every single dish was somebody else's favorite. And I always thought that was so silly until I started hosting Thanksgiving. And then, like, we, one of our really good friends that often comes for Thanksgiving, his name is Chris, green bean casserole is his favorite. And so I always make sure I make green bean casserole so that Chris can have his green bean casserole. And if I know somebody else is coming and they love the rolls, I have to make the rolls. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay, well, now I get it. Well, it just makes somebody so happy when they see the dish that they love on the table. It does. And that's part of what makes Thanksgiving great. It's exactly why I love hosting. I love everybody coming together and just their the faces light up when they're like oh man you made cream corn oh man you made cream and casserole or oh man you made pecan pie or whatever it is and you know they're just groans of discomfort when they've (laughs) eaten too much but then they're like oh my gosh I still want to eat more and it like as the person who made most of the meal you like have this like pride you're like yes I made you so full that you want to die (laughs) i did my job i win (laughs) excellent so what do you guys do for christmas i know you stay home for thanksgiving um talk to me about christmas well yeah i was actually gonna segue into that as well with asking you i was gonna flip it for a second but uh when you start setting up your christmas decorations because Sometimes we start doing it on Thanksgiving. So we usually wait until um, a day or two after Thanksgiving, but that is really only because um, my husband insists on a real tree. And so we just need to have the time to like go get it. And when he's not working. So usually it's like the Sunday after Thanksgiving, we go and get the tree. Um, and then, and that's usually when we would do it growing up too, because we'd be out of town, and then we would come back, and usually that Sunday we would start putting up the decorations. My mom and I would, um, but it is. Although Thanksgiving is late this year, I don't know if I'll be able to talk him into getting a tree before Thanksgiving. That's probably going to be pushing my luck. But. Yeah, I mean, normally you would say that you'd want to maximize your tree time, but it is pretty late. 
It is. It's the 28th. So, and last year it was early. So we had a lot of tree time. So I don't know. I'll see. I might be, I might see if I can sweet talk him into going and getting me a tree before, before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So we do a fake tree. So that's why it goes up early. It is much we can easier. Just, like <laughs> pop it back together. Hello, I'm, we're going to get a new fake tree this year. Oh, you're so fancy. And I'm super excited because we... Are you getting my, one of the fancy pre-lit ones? Well, so I, I don't want to like knock the company that we got our tree from before, but our friends had this tree and they their tree is beautiful. It's like, I don't know, eight feet tall. It's something, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It looks great. And so I asked them when they got it, they told me, and I, we ordered a tree from the same company, but I don't know if you ever looked at fake Christmas trees, mm-hmm. but there's like tiers yes. of tree. Yes. <laughs> and when you get like the Christmas tree catalog, there's like all these different tiers and like, it's very, and especially when, and when you look online on the websites, it's very difficult to kind of actually judge what the tree is gonna look like yeah it is um because they'll show you the pictures of it like beautifully splayed out but you don't actually know which one like the picture they're showing you like is that the version you know Uh uh-huh um and so we got this tree and it's it was a fine tree we got we got the pre-lit one um but it was not as full as i would like i really like a full tree yes um i also I grew up with real trees, mm-hmm. and so, like, a full tree to me is a Christmas tree, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the weird spindly ones, I can't, I don't like, especially if it's a fake tree. Like, if I'm going to go to all the work of having a fake tree and spend all that money, like, I want it to look real. Yes. And when you can see, like, the, the bits wire. of where it goes together, like, I know <laughs> that's plastic. not a real tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so it's funny that you say that you really like a full tree because my mother-in-law and my husband have a tendency to go for the kind of Charlie Brown trees. Oh, no. <laughs> Carol especially loves a Charlie Brown tree. And just the like kind of wonky ones that are a little crooked. Maybe they're a little <laughs> misshapen. Um, I, I I get Alex to fall somewhere in the middle. Usually, we usually don't get one that's like super tall. We usually get one that's like, you know, relatively like moderate short. Um, but then I'm like, uh, let's go for one that's like sort of full. So I kind of like try to nudge him towards one that still looks like a tree. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do. I agree with you. I like a really full tree. And especially, yeah, when you have a fake one, because I grew up with fake trees. It, it it sort of shatters the illusion when you can like see like the wires holding the greenery on yeah. and everything else. The funny thing is that, like, so we're getting a new one this year because, so getting a, a pre-lit tree, FYI, is a mistake. Oh. Because the lights go out. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um, and then they're, like, really hard to replace. Like, just like a string of lights is really hard to replace. Like, it's hard to replace the lights on a pre-lit tree. Damn. But then, like, you have the whole tree to worry about. Yes. And the problem is, like, the way our tree was that it's in sections so then each bit of lights is in sections so like the middle went out first (laughs) which is always the worst and then like 
because I, I don't know, we it worked when we set it up at the beginning of the season, and then like maybe a week later, like each section, like sporadically. And it's when you already kept, have all go the out. ornaments on it. And, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I looked over and I just, because I could see it from my, my desk, and I was like, it looks darker. What happened? Oh, like, no. <laughs> and so by the, I think we like dug out some regular lights and kind of like tried to string them on around the ornaments <laughs> we had already the put on. Christmas tree. It was horrible. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, um, yeah, so we're going to get a new tree and maybe not a pre-lit one. <sighs> Man, they really sell you on the convenience, but. I know. And the other thing, like we were at Costco the other day and they had some really good looking uh, pre-lit Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. And they're not, they weren't expensive either, but I don't know. I don't know if I want to get burned again. I, I can't blame you. Yeah. Because you that it is it does feel like you're you're kind of stuck with it so. But nowadays, I feel like it's almost harder to find one that's not pre lit. I would I that's probably true because all I'm thinking most of them that I've seen have been pre lit. Yeah, we did do a real Christmas tree a few times, but um, it's a lot of work to do a real Christmas tree, it's as kind you of know. A lot of work. Yeah, you gotta like keep it alive. It's whole thing. Yeah, you and gotta then, keep the cat from drinking the water. Gotta keep the cat from drinking thing. the water. <laughs> it's a real problem, or from eating the tree. Uh huh. Um, and then you have to figure out what to do with it at the end. Yes. Which, uh, in our case, is not just like leave it on the bank. <laughs> to get covered in snow for three months. Yes. Well, we do. We. Um, our city does like bulk brush pickup and I think they run a couple extra rounds of it like right after Christmas. So we only have to take it to the curb and when we just leave it and then they pick it up with the like regular bulk brush clean uh, pickup. Our city does not do that. They, That's a they, they will collect them um, at the park and they, they turn them into free mulch. Oh, well that's nice. But you have to take it to the park. That's not as nice. <laughs> so I have to. I honestly feel like if we had to like a- do a lot of work to get rid of it, I would be way less on board with the real tree because all I have to do is make Alex just drag it to the curb and leave it, and that's it. So right. it's not. Yeah, it's not that bad. That's what we did when I was a kid. We just drag it to the curb, and then it would be gone, and it's fine. There's a lot more but, vacuuming, which true. I don't really want to do anyway, but. That's the biggest downside of it. Also, last year, I can't remember what kind we got last year, but I apparently was a little bit allergic to it because every time I'd touch the tree, uh, my arms would flare up in hives. Um, oh. So that was that was that was that was fun. Um, but as long as I didn't touch it, I was fine. <laughs> so it was kind of bad when I was putting the ornaments on it and then taking the ornaments off of it. But the rest of the time, it was okay. Totally fine otherwise. It's to- totally fine. I'm sure that wasn't a problem at all since my desk is so near the Christmas tree. <laughs> Speaking of ornaments, we so we get a new ornament every year. We try uh-huh. to. Um, and so, you know, we started out, I guess, you know, when we started having Christmases together and having trees, it was just like the gigantic container of balls yes so you i think we got ours at ikea because you get so many for like five dollars you can decorate a whole tree for yes exactly 
Um, but now we have, you know, all the ones like from when we got married and then we have the ones from the kids and the kids always make like a kajillion ornaments at school. Uh huh. And then we get like our special one each year. And so our tree is starting to fill up in like this crazy mishmash. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if you do the same thing because I feel like that's so Midwestern. It is. I think that is very Midwestern. My mom used to make me an ornament every year. Oh. So I have probably about 20 years of ornaments. As I got older, she didn't. She was more hit or miss with them. But when I was a kid, she, and they were usually cross-stitched, um, so I have all of those. Then my grandpa and step-grandmother would give all the grandkids an ornament every Christmas. Um, and then, and they still send them to the grandkids. We're all in our 30s. <laughs> and some of us are in our 40s. And they still, even though my grandpa's gone, my grandmother will still send the ornament every, every year. Um, and then... Alex's step-grandmother also gives ornaments every year. So we have so many ornaments. And like I said, we don't usually get a huge tree. So we have to be a little bit picky about what goes on our tree every year. There's not everybody makes the cut every year. Yeah, I think we, last year, we definitely didn't put on all the ornaments that we have. Um, it's kind of funny because the kids are always like they help put up the ornaments and they I don't know if you've ever decorated a tree with little kids but like if you are someone who likes things very orderly and oh don't put up a tree well with arranged a kid, yeah it's kind of like um you let them do it and then when they go away you fix it because uh, they all end up like clustered right they do yeah and, like there'll be all these ornaments on the tree and then i'll like find one more but like, hey, we have this one more and max will be like right here like immediately on top of another one like <laughs> it's not okay all right you go away now and i'll fix it but we have like these dumb ones that i think I think their grandma got like out of a cereal box or something. Oh, they're like little minions, and yes. they love minions because they're kids. And yeah. so they're like, we have to put up the minion ornaments, and we have to put up this one, and we have to. I'm like, really? Do we really have to? We, like, look at this pretty one. I don't have room for my pretty one now. <laughs> I know, and I have some really beautiful ornaments, but they're still like, even as adults, Alex and I still gravitate towards some of them that we had as kids. Mm-hmm. Like he. He has got two in particular that always have to go on the tree. Um, He has one. It was a little, it was one of the Hallmark. I think actually they might have both been Hallmark ornaments. Um, But one of them is a little bear playing a pipe organ. That's uh, Crayola crayons are the pipes. Oh, and then it's really cute. I think maybe once upon a time it actually might have played music or something. Um, It no longer does. Um, And then the other one is... Uh, Tigger with a soccer ball because he played soccer as a kid and those are still like his favorite ornaments and they always get a place of honor on the tree so love like, it even as adults when we have like some really beautiful ornaments there we still gravitate towards those ones that we had as a kid and like my mom she had when she was a kid she had this string of lights Um, And they were little angels. And over time, the lights burned out, but she was able to, like, take the lights out. And then she was able to turn the little angels into ornaments. 
And even when she was grown and when I was grown, her little angel babies were her like favorite ornaments. And they, some of them, I mean, she she was born in 1957. So like the string of lights was from the 50s, early 60s. These little angels, like some of them were missing halos. Some of them were missing arms. Some of them were missing like all of their limbs and just a a torso and a head (laughs) and they were just all falling apart but she loved them so so much um and I always really enjoyed putting the tree up with her because she would always tell me the stories behind all of her ornaments and behind some of my ornaments that I got when I was a little kid and I thought I always found that to be like almost as as fun as putting up the ornaments it's just like hearing the stories behind all of them yeah I love that part when you open up the box and you like see all of them and you're like oh we got this one this time we got this one here and I yeah. love that yeah me too. nice memories yeah, they were nice we, memories when I was a kid I remember we used to so we would get um a dated ornament every year which mm-hmm. meant every like August we would go to the Hallmark store. Yes. Because that's when they put out the Christmas ornaments. Yes. <laughs> and you need to have your choice of the best ones. Well, right. And that's when we would go and pick out like our yearly dated ornament. Yes. And every once in a while we would forget and not go in August. And it was like a mad rush of like, what's going to be left? It's only going to be the crappy ones it's left. Be, it's not going to be the one we wanted. Some crappy Santa Claus I <laughs> yeah. already have. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, I I feel like there's just so much uh, pomp and circumstance around putting up the Christmas tree. And, um, you know, everybody does it a little differently. Like my dad was always kind of a Scrooge growing up. And so he never really helped put up the Christmas decorations. So it was mm-hmm. always the thing that my mom and I did together and we'd always play Christmas music and sometimes it would take us a couple days because we had to go through so many ornaments but um it was just always so enjoyable to just spend that afternoon you know playing the music and putting up the ornaments and reminiscing over what they were about and I love those memories Yeah, and I think that's what I like most about, I mean, not just Christmas, but like Thanksgiving too, we're talking about the actual act of doing stuff surrounding the holiday and not Mm -hmm. necessarily the holiday itself, not like eating all the food. Like, obviously we love food, but it's not just eating a whole bunch of food. It's not just like getting presents. It's all the stuff that goes with it, that leads up to it, the time that you spend with your family to get prepared for it that is the stuff that I love yeah and yeah I mean you could take like Christmas you could take the whole present thing out of it you could take all of that out and I would still really love it I um actually really it's been really hard the last few years this will be our third holiday season without my mom and that's been really difficult to like figure out what our new traditions are um the Mm -hmm. very first year that she was gone um we didn't put up i didn't put up any christmas decorations it was just too she had made too many of mine she made my stocking and all those ornaments and it was just too hard it was too connected to her um and last year i put them up again um but and we're and we're in that sort of transitional phase of 
knowing that, you know, hopefully in the next few years we'll be parents. And so knowing that our traditions are going to change when a kid comes along. And so it's been a very kind of odd space to exist in around the holidays. Um, Mm -hmm. Just trying to figure out like, okay, this is all the stuff that we grew up with. Like what is going to be the thing for our family? Like what's going to be the thing that our kids are going to say like, oh my gosh, I remember doing that. Like when I was a little kid, we would go back to my, we would go to my grandpa and step grandmothers for Christmas Eve, like dinner. And then we would come home and we'd stay at my grandmother's house. My grandparents are divorced, obviously. Um, We'd stay at my grandmother's house and she would bundle me up and put me in the car. My parents would hop in the car and she would drive around town and we would look at all the Christmas lights. Oh my God, we did that too. Yes, and the tackier the better. Yes. Tacky lights are like pretty lights. It's like, oh look, pretty lights. You want to find the tackiest houses with the most just egregiously ugly Christmas lights. That's the goal. And there would always be a neighborhood that like really, really did it up. Yes. Yes. And so she would bundle me up and like, in red, as an adult, I have realized it was probably her way of getting this little kid to fall asleep and like wear me out so I would go to sleep on Christmas Eve because I was oh, so absolutely. excited. <laughs> uh, but I have such fond memories of going and looking at the lights. And to this day, if I see a bunch of tacky Christmas lights, I'm like texting my grandmother. I'm like, oh my God, look at this. This is so you or makes me think of you. So like, I just always think like okay what's gonna be the thing that my kids are gonna say like that was my favorite part of Christmas as a kid not the presents not the big you know dinner or whatever it was but like what's their equivalent of looking at the Christmas lights yeah maybe maybe it is looking at the Christmas lights I don't know I mean we do take our kids out to look at the Christmas lights and they like they ask to do it um usually we do it. it Usually we ended up doing it before Christmas Eve, um, since not we're not always at our own house. Yeah. Um, but they get so excited to go do it. And a couple times they like they get all like I guess they don't really get bundled here, but Yeah. <laughs> they'll like get out their like Santa hats Aww. and put them on and wear them in the car for us to drive around. It's so I adorable. Love it. <laughs> I love that so, so much. That's that makes me so happy that you guys did that too. <laughs> oh yeah. I'd love to do that. Um, we've also, we just started this last year, actually. Uh, I think it was, I think it was my, uh, older son's idea, but he decided inspired by like all the episodes of the Great British Bake Off that Uh we had been watching. He decided that we needed to do a family holiday cookie competition. Oh, fun. And so it wasn't like a full family participation because, uh, like they didn't, you know, they couldn't do it by themselves. Sure. And so, uh, I helped both Max and Reese. Uh, well, no, wait, Reese was the judge. Sorry. I was wrong. I helped Max make cookies and then, uh, Bob also made cookies Aww. and then Reese judged them and he was very adorable. And Bob made like really difficult cookies. He made, oh. um, he made those like, uh, I can't remember what they're called. Um, like the candy cane cookies. Oh, uh huh. Where you like twist the two colors of dough yeah. together and then shape them. Those, yeah, that's kind of a lot of work. Yeah, he made those, and I was like, um, you're going up against a five year old, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe keep that in mind. <laughs> right. Um, 
and Max he wanted to make we made M&M cookies because uh, he he loved M&M cookies are his favorite and so we had these special holiday M&Ms so I was oh very my excited my heart is exploding this is and so Reese made like a paper trophy and stuff and he's like we have to do this every year and it's like oh, it's adorable oh, I love that so much and now that Max is a little bit older like he might be able to do it by himself but yeah of like a full-on cookie top competition. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I love it. It's that such a fun really idea. That's really sweet. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I just I always think it's fun to hear from people like what are the little things that their families do cuz I mean they're just like there's all sorts of stuff that are, you know, sort of the like classic holiday things, like going to cut down a tree, which we do not cut down our tree for the record. We no, go to the nursery never, and we pick it off the lawn. Yeah, we never uh, cut out a tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's 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 not really a thing. Um, or you know, going sledding, or you know, drinking hot chocolate by the fire, like whatever are these like picture picture perfect holiday moments but so often I think the ones that people remember the most fondly are the like less like picture perfect moments and those just like little things that just sort of happen and then you realize it's become a tradition and you know they're it's just it's just suddenly your family's thing Mm mm-hmm So, you know, like the beef tenderloin, like that for us at Thanksgiving, like that was something that we did the first, we started that the first Thanksgiving after we lost my mom, because I couldn't bear the thought of not doing anything for Thanksgiving, but I also couldn't bear the thought of doing the same like Thanksgiving that I'd always, the same Thanksgiving meal I had always prepared with her. And so... Alex and I were like, okay, well, let's make something non-traditional. And we both love beef tenderloin. And so that's where we landed on. We've got it. There's a great butcher here in town. I always go and order a big one from them. And when our friends were like, this is amazing. Please never stop doing this. So it was sort of an accidental like, oh, okay. We thought we might try it for one year, but guess this is our thing now. <laughs> so I, I always love the the things that you sometimes sort of start on an accident and then it's like, oh, this was amazing. This is this is our thing. Yeah, my family always makes chili on Christmas Eve. Nice. When we're at least when we're here at our own house. Um I don't really know like what the reasoning was that it started, but like my grandfather started doing it. And we no, would just Yeah, like we chili. We just always, yeah, because it's cold, and I guess probably because, you know, the next day is going to be a really big day, and you don't want to have to do, like, a whole bunch of stuff, and you're probably still wrapping presents, at least yeah. in, <laughs> whenever we went to my grandparents' house, they would always be like, uh, have Megan come up and help us wrap presents. Okay, now Megan needs to leave, because we're going to wrap <laughs> Megan's presents. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, it would be stuff like that. Um so he would always make chili and sometimes it'd be it wasn't ever like a recipe that was written down it was different every year like yeah we random stuff added all the time so it wasn't always great chili but it was always chili but it was always chili <laughs> and then um i guess we did it a few times like we spent christmas eve at my my house my parents would make chili and then when i had my own house I started to do it. You. Yeah. And I was just like, well, 
we need to make a meal for Christmas Eve and my this family always it. had chili, so let's just have chili. Love it. And yeah, now it's just what we do. I love that. So I actually, um, I did some Googling because I wanted to see why holiday traditions are important. Um, and, you know, why why is it important that your family does chili on Christmas Eve? And why is it important for Alex and I to go, you know, bicker about when we're going to go get our tree and then finally go get our tree <laughs> and then bicker about <laughs> maybe why we should get one that looks a little better than a Charlie Brown tree. Like, why are why are all those things important? Um, so there's an article in uh, Psychology Today that talks about um, in today's world that holiday traditions are likely to be more important than ever because you know, we're living in such a fast paced and changing world, but the traditions can offer an important like centering experience in contrast to a life that's full of change. And our world is chaotic and it's, and I quote, discombobulating and frantic, but having long held holiday traditions that offer important connections to and continuity with the past and to each other um, is critically important. Um, and then there's a article I found by an anthropologist that says that, you know, very similarly, everyday life is stressful and full of uncertainty, but having a special time of year when we know exactly what to do the way we've always done it provides a comfortable sense of structure, control, and stability. And that um, there have actually been lab experiments and field studies that show that the structured and repetitive actions involved in such holiday rituals can act as a buffer against anxiety by making our world a more predictable place. That 100% makes sense, considering um, how much, like, kids in general like routine, how much you and I like our planners. Like, it makes so much sense to me. And it also makes a little, it also makes sense, too, in terms of, like, when, you know, people go through a major life change and they get to the holidays and they, you know, they don't know what to do because... Everything's Things are different. different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it does. It's, it's, it is. It's like why Alex and I have felt so sort of unmoored the last couple of years of like trying to figure out like, okay, what do we do now? Because everything's different. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, and the holidays are can be a really stressful time for people, um, even without like big life changes. Like I think it's important to acknowledge that, we see the a lot of us see the holidays as a very happy time of year and there are a lot of people who do not see the holidays as a happy time of year um, or they they find them to be extremely stressful maybe it's got really difficult family dynamics or um, something really traumatic happened at the holidays whatever that is Um, but I thought it was interesting you know talking about kind of buffering against anxiety that when we know like okay I need to do this thing at this time like that could be the thing that just sort of like gets you to put one foot in front of the other when things might be super stressful for you. Yeah. And I think especially if, if it is a stressful or, um, you know, anxiety producing time for you, then it's okay if you don't participate in all those traditions or, um, the things that people always expect you to do at the holidays it's totally okay to abstain i feel like people shouldn't have to explain themselves why they don't like a holiday yeah 
Um, and we were just talking about this the other day about how like you are not a fan of Halloween, mm-hmm. and I think that's fine. Like I like Halloween, but it, it's totally okay for people to like different things. And even though um, living in the United States, especially with the way Christmas like permeates itself into mm-hmm. everything, it makes it really really hard. I think it's totally okay if people aren't into it. Yeah. If your holiday tradition is that you go get Chinese food and go see a movie on Christmas and don't do anything remotely like festive, that can still be your tradition. It's totally fine. It can be that thing that sort of centers you in a time that's really hard. So no matter what it is or, and whether it's you or yourself and a partner or you're, you know, a big family, I think it's important to find something that you can just sort of like cling on to. And this is the thing that I, this is the thing that I do. Yeah, I think it's important to note that, like, you, so you and I have a lot of the same traditions simply because we both grew up in the Midwest. Yes. But, like, I am down with so many other traditions. Like, doesn't just because Stephanie and I have the same traditions doesn't mean all the rest of y'all do. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. Please do your own thing. Like, what is it? One of our coworkers, what is it? Is that Jordan's family that they eat, like, enchiladas or something on Thanksgiving? Am I making that up? Uh,. I don't remember. It was somebody, but I don't remember who. It's somebody that we work with. Like, they don't make turkey on Thanksgiving. They make enchiladas. That sounds awesome. That sounds totally awesome. I love it. I would love to go to their house and have enchiladas. Now I'm just thinking about enchiladas. (laughs) It's rare that I am not thinking about either enchiladas or tacos or burritos or... That is true. And you live in Texas, so you're surrounded by it even more. I know. We had homemade flautas for dinner today, and they were so good. Oh, that sounds so good. (laughs) (laughs) One thing, actually, that made me, that reminded me of one thing that we do, um, not every year, but now I really want to keep going back to it, is that we, um, or I guess rather I, uh, make tamales. Um, And that is a very Texas, like South Texas Mm -hmm. tradition to make tamales at Christmas time because tamales, um, if you've ever made them, they are a pain in the ass and they work best if you make gigantic amounts of them Mm -hmm. because of just because the sheer amount of equipment and, uh, you know, corn husks that you need and all sorts of stuff like you just want to make a big batch. Um, and so people generally do them around the holidays because that's when all your family's there. Yeah. To help you out. Love that. And oh, uh, I want to come yeah. make tamales with you. Yeah, you should totally come down and we'll make tamales. It would be so much fun. It's really great because, like, it's kind of, you know, how you add it, you don't do canning um, really, but like, it's like when you can jam in the summer uh-huh. and in the winter, you're like, oh my God, I have strawberry jam. Yes. It's the same thing with tamales where like we'll make batches and batches of tamales. And then in March, I'll be like, oh, I still have frozen tamales. Oh, That's what's dinner. Yes. And it's you're like, great. thank you, past Megan. Exactly. <laughs> now I just really need to figure out when the heck I'm going to do that. Because now I just, I really want to do it again. Yes. I feel that way. That's sort of... Um 
like with making our noodles for Thanksgiving because you have to make them ahead of time since they have to dry. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes we'll make them a few weeks ahead of time. But I am now realizing like, oh, man, we got to like, we got to like be on the calendar. Obviously, we're recording this a few weeks before Thanksgiving, but uh, we got to. We gotta get that on our get our get that shit on our calendar. Time is ticking. Get that done. Time is ticking. <laughs> oh my gosh! So as we know by now, um, the holidays are definitely something that we feel very joyful about. But I think maybe we should talk about what else is bringing us joy this week. Yeah, let's do it. So Megan, what is bringing you joy this week? Well, this is actually related to what we've been talking about, but. There was an article just the other day that said that there was a study done and it said that people who decorate early for the holidays are happier. Oh, well then. So I feel like... I'm going to need a copy of that so I can take that to Alex as I beg for a pre-Thanksgiving Christmas tree. (laughs) Well, it's exactly linked to what you were talking to before because if... The holidays make you happy and they bring up all these warm, lovey feelings of nostalgia and childhood and everything, then you should just go for it and put them up early. Yeah. Because you're going to be so happy that you did and you're going to see them and have all these memories and just you'll skate right through December. Don't let anybody steal that joy from you. Exactly. So if you've been waiting till after Thanksgiving, this is your permission. (laughs) (laughs) That's excellent. Now, what sidebar when do you take your christmas decorations down so it depends um if we are home for christmas which we will be this year we probably will be taking them down like on january 1st Mm -hmm. and that's usually just because my husband gets like antsy about it yes um but if we leave then we usually wait like another week uh well, that works and that's like epiphany yeah, yeah so. it usually takes a yeah because we try to have them done like before the kids go back to school mm-hmm. uh they go they have a really long christmas break like a week longer than i had ever had at christmas oh, wow. so they go back to school like the day after epiphany um <laughs> but it's not like we celebrate epiphany but it's a calendar Still, marking uh yeah i feel like we take it down pretty early um but if we have outside decorations, so it's usually stay up a little bit longer, <laughs> depending on the weather. Until um, my grandmother always says, until the Christmas police are going to come get you for leaving yeah, too late. The HOA. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they do start sending nasty emails out like mid January. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh geez, they really are the Christmas police. Yeah, there, there's like a rule where like you can't have them. You can only have them from like. A month before to a month after. Joy stealers. I know. They're so mean. They're joy stealers. That's so rude. Mm-hmm. Steffi, what's bringing you joy? Um, so mine's a little bit, mine's a l- little less straightforward than yours was, <laughs> per usual. <laughs> um, so several months ago, um, we found out, we, Alex and I and our families found out that there is um, a family member that we had never knew about, that we had a, a family member who had placed a baby for adoption and she 
never told anyone. She took that secret to her grave. And this person has spent five decades trying to find their biological family. And they just found us a few months ago. And so it has been uh, a time of reunification. And it's been really amazing. And I just got to meet this person and her daughter. And it was really amazing. It was emotional and they're so lovely and it was so much fun to like watch them and see all of the like connections between the biological family members that have the same like facial expressions and mannerisms and they've never met before. And it was really, it has been, um, it was just really awesome and especially considering the adoption journey that Alex and I have been on the last couple of years, it was a really important reminder of why it's so valuable for adoptees to know their the their biology um, and that that's something really important. Um, but it's just sort of been giving me a lot of uh, feels this week, just a lot of warm fuzzies of meeting these these awesome new family members that we have now. That's so great. Yeah, I was, it was one of those things where you like go into it and you're like, okay, I don't know how this is going to go. And then you just meet them and you just hug and start having conversations. And it's like, you've never not known each other. So it's, it's been really cool. Oh, yeah. Like my little cold heart. It's grown three <laughs> sizes today. Oh, it's a Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, next week, we are going to keep these holiday fields going as we talk about the fine art of gifting. So join us back here as we cover the good, the bad, and the cringy about buying and receiving holiday gifts. Until then, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from our listeners. Talk to you soon. Bye.